0: Welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to providing effective marketing strategies for dentists, independent physicians, and multi-location medical practices. Far too many doctors struggle to establish their brand online and consistently increase their new patient appointments. Join Lamar Hull of MedRank Interactive as he interviews marketers, Doctors and healthcare professionals who share proven healthcare marketing secrets. Hey, Brad, um, thanks again for jumping on the uh, Digital Marketing Healthcare Podcast. Uh, we're excited to have you. Um, looking forward to just getting into the accounting industry and just really learning um, about all the different uh, topics and strategies that uh, you help a lot of dental practices with. So before we jump into that, I would love for you to just open up and kind of give some background and history of uh, your experiences and, and you know where you are today. Yeah, sure. I appreciate it, Lamar. and It's great to be here. Uh, my
1: name is Brad McKeever, and I'm with Aprio, which is a CPA-led advisory firm, and I run our national dental industry niche, where clearly we focus on working with dental practice owners and dental students alike and, and dentists throughout their life cycle, really t- try to take the stance of as a CPA, we certainly are there on their accounting and tax side, but more importantly, we want to help guide them through you know, the decision-making process that they have in their, in their lives, right? So at different yeah. stages of their life, they have different goals, um, and we want to take that industry-specific stance with them so that we can share the experiences and focus on that day in, day out with our client base.
0: Gotcha. That's awesome. And- so, so give me some insights of you know, how long you've been in, in this industry, how'd you get to where you are now?
1: Yeah, so I've been, uh, been doing the, the dental CPA focus for about a decade now. Oh, wow. Um, you know, prior to that, I had some financial advisory um, and, and wealth management background. I actually also sold orthopedic and trauma equipment. So Lamar, I know you played basketball in college. Um, I did as well. And I had so many injuries that I, I spent so much time in the training room that I think I picked up some some healthcare um, tidbits here and there. So I sold orthopedic and trauma equipment for a while as well. And uh, But for the last decade, I've been focused on kind of the CPA world and specifically working in the dental industry niche.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So you played at Campbell, is that correct? correct? The Fighting Camels, yes, sir. Nice, nice. Um, and, and to that point of, you know, you've been doing this forever. What makes um, Ap- Aprio different? Yeah, so a little history on Aprio, and
1: and kind of, in, I guess, more background on myself. You know, when I broke into the CPA world, I was part of a three or four person firm. Okay. A few years into that, I bought that firm and continued to grow it to about a twelve person firm as we began to focus more and more on you know, being specific with our clients in the dental space. Um, as we began to grow, one of the things that was important to me was being able to continue to evolve with the technology needs of our industry and of our client base, to be available to answer their real planning questions rather than basic blocking and tackling. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I look for a partner to kind of help help me grow and help me with those technology needs and uh, really to help me uh, tackle some of the more complex areas that, you know, growing practice and particularly group and DSO practices run into. Yeah. So recently our firm joined um, forces with Aprio, which is a top 50 CPA firm uh, nationwide. Um, okay. Particularly did so in order to, to try to leverage technology and the ability to be able to say yes to our clients. Meaning if they have something they need help with, we want to be able to find a solution for them. Um, oh. and so Aprio's focus is always And their tagline is, I should say our tagline, I'm still getting used to that as a a newly merged (laughs) member of their firm, but is what's next Um, and being, you know, a CPA led advisory firm. So those two stances really have been kind of at the heart of how I tried to service my clients over the years of looking forward and finding what's next and being more advice driven rather than reactionary. Um, And so, you know, that's kind of the heart of Apario's core values and that aligns well with how we work with our dental clients.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And a lot of people don't know, you and I, have we've known each other for, you know, what, probably a year now, it feels like. Time just flies. And uh, yeah. we're in a, uh, a, a dental-specific uh, group that really we all try to, you know, do it exactly what you just said in terms of providing a solution. Um, yeah, we, we met when you were allowed to meet people in person. Yeah, <laughs> <people was. laughs> exactly. It's, it's totally different now, right? Um, so yeah, I, I know you work with a lot of uh, startups as well. So like, what's the vision of helping them become successful? Yeah, startups, are, you know, frankly, are probably one of my favorite clients to work with. You know, it's exciting to
1: you know, work with somebody who has a vision and a dream and a goal. Yeah. To be able to step back and help them put some parameters and expectations around that. And so, you know, we work with startups in a lot of different forms. I think generally it starts with, I want to start a practice. And my yeah. banker said, I need a financial projection, right? That's usually step one. Right. Um, and so at the kind of core of what we do when we work with our you know, startup practice owners is we try to sit down with them and understand what they're trying to build in their practice, you know, the number of operatories, the size, you know, what sort of geographic locations are they looking in, uh, what sort of plans do they have as a you know, fee for service versus PPOs, are they a specialty, a, specialty, a specialty doctor or a general doctor, and really try to build up almost a biography of what their, their, their practice plans to be. Yeah, and then we sit down with them and start marching through the financial implications of different decisions, uh, you know, from square footage and tenant improvement allowance, uh, equipment budget, um, you know, ranges of fees for employees and staffing. And as we go through the P and L and start building out the cash flow yeah. forecast in uh, all those various areas, we also want to make sure that we're talking with them about the business implications of their decision. Right. Um, how many days a week are they going to be open, and have they done demographic studies and um, you know, what, what? what is their target audience as they consider their ability to, do they do implants or they, you know, stick with bread and butter dentistry. And so things that the doctor knows, frankly, right, they know all these answers. They just don't always know how to piece them together into a financial framework.
0: Um, and so that's generally our entry point is let's help you build a financial framework for your startup practice. That's awesome, man. It sounds like you guys do a lot, (laughs) a lot more than the average. (laughs) Yeah, well, and frankly, probably a lot more than we advertise, right?
1: CPAs aren't great at marketing themselves. So, you know, I I would say we've been paying more attention to, you know, trying to be mindful of telling folks what we can do, right, rather than waiting for them to ask us. Um, That's something that you know, with startups, it's easier because they need a lot. And we know they need a lot. The banks are telling them, you know, get a financial plan, surround yourself with a good dental team, you know, the attorneys, the bank, the dental CPAs, dental bankers, dental marketing, you know, dental financial planners. And so, right. um, You know, that's a real important juncture for that startup doctor, because it really can kind of launch them into, you know, a a quick start and successful career. And um, it's something we, you know, we don't take lightly. And, um, the financial framework is certainly a good starting point.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and then, you know, a lot of what we do from that initial financial framework build out is really starting to help put the operational pieces in place. Um, and I'll, I'll caution to say, you know, I'm not an HR manager. We don't do fee, fee management consulting. We don't do HR consulting. We don't do marketing. We don't do those services, but we understand that there's a need for them. And as that practice owner is thinking about their budget on spending for different layers of their operational components right we want to help them understand the financial side behind it and then you know where needed you know help them find their solution right so if they're looking for somebody to help them with their employee handbook we want to help them source through solutions to see what's the right fit for the type of practice they're going to build yeah that's
0: awesome um so, so you're you're more of a. You provide a lot of solutions and services to them, but you're also a huge resource for them. So when they need something, um, or if you recognize something within their business operations uh, that you can help them with that solution, so that's awesome. Are you guys? Are you guys like? How? Where do you service? Like, where are the areas that you focus on helping these type of uh, clients?
1: Yeah, sure. That's a great question. Uh, you know, we work with you know doctors throughout the southeast and into the mid-Atlantic. Um, We we work with practice owners in the Midwest and uh, Northeast as well. And a few on the West Coast, I think with startups, certainly that Southeastern mid-Atlantic focus is great because we do have those resources in those localities. Um, It it is important to understand if, um, you know, what part of town, right, whatever your town is, what part of town are you starting up in does have an impact on some of the guidelines and and, um, financially that we might, you know, put in place and understanding the demographics. And so I think having some local knowledge uh, helps um, and local resources helps when you're working with startup
0: practices. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. So like as a marketing firm, when we help dentists, it's our focus is really understanding uh, obviously their audience and their targeted patients, but that area that they're targeting because like, like we, like I live in Ballantyne. So for me, I need to know that they can still get patients from Blakeney and the stonecrest area so like like those are smaller kind of they're not even really towns but they're areas within uh valentine so you want to know how to market to those areas too because people still search for those type of keywords um so i guess for like so, so i know you work with a lot of startups when they become more established like what services are you recommending them? So if you're looking at their, their operational portfolio and all the things that they, they need and need help with, how do you recommend the, the specific services? Sure. Um, and again,
1: it varies per practice and per practice owners, you know, different, different goals for you know, different doctors. But, you know, I always start with kind of what are the core services that are must haves? Um, yeah. And, you know, death of taxes, right? I mean, that's one thing about being a CPA is you got one of those two things that's going to happen in life. You're going to file your taxes. Um, And so, you know, when we we think about our core services, clearly tax is one of those things that we want to make sure we stay on top of with our practice owners. So that, you know, encompasses not only income taxes and tax strategy and planning to reduce liabilities, but it also includes, you know, business personal property tax listings in their given counties, um, being compliant with sales tax, you know, laws and and how those are being more aggressively uh, tracked by many states now for general. Um, Of course, payroll taxes and making sure those are on, um, you know, being taken care of as well. And, And obviously tax strategy, right? I mean, that's, nobody wants to pay taxes, but we want to make sure that while not paying taxes, you're doing it ethically and according to law, but you're also doing it with an eye towards your business strategy. And so if you have a growth strategy in mind, and you keep drilling down your taxes and you know writing off everything under the sun, but then you go to the bank and say, well, hey, I'm doing great. Bank looks at your tax return and they say, well, well, not according to your tax return, right? You need to get your <laughs> income up before we can right. lend. And so uh, we do focus on tax minimization, but in a you know in a thoughtful way that matches your goal set. Um, and that's really at the heart of taxes and and what our, our kind of third bucket of services is, is is bucket number two, which I always talk about and call accounting services, right? And so Warren Buffett's credited with you know, saying accounting is the language of business. And I think really what what that means is without good, solid financial numbers, you know, your balance sheet, your profit and loss, your cash flow, right? Those are your decision-making tools, right? Whether it's a tax decision or a business decision, you need to have those updated and accurate on a regular basis to help kind of inform you with decisions. Um, So accounting is is what I consider to be our most important service because it does give you that benchmark industry analysis, allows you to see your cash flows, allows us to do good tax strategy, um, and allows us to really help in our third bucket, which is what we call advisory services. And frankly, that's kind of a catch-all, right? It means a lot of different things. It could be, I want to add an associate, you know, can I afford to do that or am I ready to buy my building? thinking about adding employee benefits plans, health insurance 401ks, or my staff now are thinking about a staff incentive bonus plan. Can you help me plan one of those out? Yeah. Um, you know, any number of <clears throat> questions that pop up, you know, with those industry benchmark and accounting financials in place, we can have an intelligent conversation about it, right? We can look right. at the free cash flow, how are you comparing to industry averages and make an educated guess on, hey, if we if we decide to add an associate, here's what the outcomes are gonna be, right? Here's what we expect them to be, and then let's track those over the next couple months to see if we're doing the right things. Um, And so those are our core services. I think when we get beyond that, there's certainly a lot of specialty planning um, that comes into place, whether it's cost segregation studies for um, practice owners who buy their buildings, that's a a huge opportunity from a tax savings perspective to find some free cash flow. Um, that's a pretty common one, um, as well as just considering equipment purchases and depreciation write-offs or the timing of those and, and the kind of the debt structure that might make sense are you know, pretty common year, year-to-year things that we're um, working with practice owners
0: on. Uh, that's awesome. So with, with all the things that you guys provide as a service, when, when do you typically see those conversations um, as they relate to you, you making recommendations to a lot of the you know, the professionals that you're connected with that provides, you know, dental, whatever, whatever that solution is, they provide that. When, when do you typically see that, that conversation happening in the process?
1: Yeah, good question. I mean, so certainly varies, right? I mean, with startups, it's kind of continuous as they're growing their practice and every kind of stage they hit, they're ready for another decision. They they build out two ops and they have a marketing plan in their website. Now they're looking for ops three and four and you're reconnecting with supply reps and, and for established practices, we like to get in the cadence of monthly financial statements and then some sort of quarterly or semi-annual advisory meeting where we're sitting down and re-establishing goal sets and reviewing them kind of where are you at, right? Yeah. And and really looking at the PL and understanding, well, all right, you know, your your cometary and your goals are that you want to increase cash flow for you know to be able to add a retirement plan and you think your margins are a little off on the staffing side, well, let's dig down into that decision and, and kind of go through a decision tree on well, what areas can help with that cause, right? You know, let's, right. let's look at the staff hourly and salary rates. You know, what sort of scheduling are you running? Um, you know, what's what's your new patient count, right? Are you getting ROI on your marketing dollar? Um, you know, on a um, are you running a staff incentive plan, but maybe it doesn't have a good structure. And so they're hitting incentive every easy every month but you're sending too much out in the back door and, and you are growing you're just you're not getting any of it down to the bottom line right. um, you know those sort of things i think are, are how we process through that transaction is is you try to just stay in touch of what the goals are okay. and we, you know from our perspective we try to use the trend analysis of the financial data to help give us some you know areas to poke further into um, and at that point you know the you probably get this a lot when you're talking about marketing, you know, I find that our doctors know their answers. Oh, yeah. they, just, they aren't always just asking the right questions. And right. when asked the right questions, they're like, oh yeah, we just need to do A, B, and C. And, you know, they tend to know, it's just, they're so busy practicing, especially post COVID. You know, they're so busy right now with patient demand. It's hard for them to have that business mindset.
0: <clears throat> yeah, you're exactly right. And speaking of COVID, a great, you know, segue or transition with you know, with a lot of these doctors that you're working with, um, you know, how do you help them to continue to grow as they reopen, and then also engage with the existing patients? Because that's two different aspects of uh, you know their business model as they, as we all try to figure this thing out with this pandemic happening. So, what are your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, what a what a what a year what a year it's been. I, if I don't know if I'd have thought about the NMR, I would have worn my T-shirt that, that my wife got me for was for father's day maybe she got recently said um what's to say i won't hold the podcast up too much it says what a year last week was um (laughs) and i think every you know for so long every week has felt that way and every week did during covid from holy heck we just had to shut down overnight right are are we going to survive and you know, what am I going to do with my staff, you know, furlough and HR decisions. And then there's PPP loans and idle loans and PPP loan forgiveness and when to rehire and how to rehire. And, you know, I think some of that is starting to trail off the PPP loan forgiveness is still out there to be dealt with. But the the rules that are in place now have made it very attractive to practice owners to seek full forgiveness. And, And we definitely think that's going to be something we see happen. And so know after reopening and after kind of the panic of ppp being gone now we certainly have shifted the conversation with practice owners to well what's going on in the practice and where where are we at and what are you trying to accomplish and you know what's the new normal and what's the new worry i think that's kind of yeah probably the where where the conversation has shifted as they are in general we're seeing pretty hearing and seeing that they're pretty busy you know pent-up demand strong patient return um, but but Now I think folks are saying, well, what's you know what's the new normal in my schedule? How many hygiene patients can we get through in a given day? Right. We're seeing all our old patients, but you know, what, what about new patient count? You know, how does that look? Um, margins are going to be a little tighter with all the extra expense of the PPE that they're experiencing. Um, and then there's there's the the is this is this demand going to stay? Right. Okay. Are we... In the unknown of the virus, which we all have, and the unknown of the economy, which we all have, kind of hanging over what happens in September, October, November, and beyond. Um, And so, you know, what what we've done with our suggested to our practice owners and are trying to help them accomplish is really trying to get more micro in their focus. So I think when dentistry was such a predictable industry, right, you could be a little more macro in your focus and really look at your industry average margins in those broad categories, you know, staff, facility, marketing costs, supply and lab costs, you know, your general overhead, you know, and all on in industry average. You can look at those broad averages and I think drill down pretty quickly to well, well, this is off, right? You know, if that's 2% high, we know exactly where to look. Um, our suggestion now is that we have to just be a little more micro in our analysis as you're considering like, where's my practice headed? Yeah, heading or headed, heading, I guess is the right tense there. Uh, where's my practice heading is to try to be a little more, you know, micro in your focus and, and actively managing it rather than a lot of times his, it was a historic management of it. Like we looked right. backwards at, oh, look at the last three months trends, you know, our revenue's flat, you know, we're trying to grow. Maybe we need to beef up our marketing efforts or something going wrong with our treatment, you know, closing internally or whatever it might be. You know, now our suggestion is maybe we need to be a little more active in that right so let's set you know, weekly goals let's look at scheduled production you know let's have more of an active stance on on, on the revenue side because I, I still from a financial aspect believe that the industry is still led by revenue like most businesses yeah, right? but sure. um, it's still led by revenue the revenue will drag the expenses not that you can ignore the expenses and you know order all sorts of crazy PPE stuff that you don't need um, but it's all about patients in seats and what, what's being produced once those patients are there. Right. Um, and I think that if you're focusing on some revenue metrics, you know, weekly slash daily, that can really assist you in um, understanding like what, what might we need to tweak in our scheduling or our reappointments or yeah. you know, can we do something different with you know, treatment consulting so that you know, as we're social distancing and trying to spread out the, the patient in and outflow, we're able to see a couple more bodies a day. Um, right, right. And again, what I'm, I'm, I think, I think what the entire industry is experiencing is, I don't think anybody necessarily has the right answer right now. You know, there's a lot of community share of information of, hey, I tried this, it seemed to work, and yep. this didn't work. Don't. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> don't I've had do a it. couple practice owners tell me that. He's like, I know you, you talk to owners all the time, tell them not to do this. That was a terrible <laughs> idea. I thought yeah. it might work, and you know, stick away from that one. And, um, but it's, it's been, um, you know, it's been comforting to hear how quickly that, um, for me, at least as I work with dentists so, um, you yeah. know, as, as do you, so when dentistry was, you know, nervous, so was I about my, <laughs> my livelihood, you know, yep. frankly, right. And so I was very happy to see practice owners come up, come back and, uh, you know, I've been comforted to, 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 to hear that doctors have shared with me a lot that, you know, their patients have thanked them for being reopened and really appreciated the services that they're providing, and um, you know that that's great to hear. I think you know it's probably done. It's probably helped elevate you know the, the healthcare initiative of the dental profession, and I think that's something that um, I know you've talked about with with on the marketing side, but communicating that to your to the the, the practice owners, communicating that to their staff yep. that you are here for them and you know, you're taking the proper precautions, um, those things seem to be working, right, from, yeah. from what I'm
0: hearing. Yeah, that's that's a really good good point, um, so I, I really like how you touched on kind of the weekly focus versus looking at historical, kind of the historical data, uh, and from a marketing standpoint, you know, the, the biggest opportunity we're finding is just the messaging, just communicating, like you mentioned, across different marketing mediums of, you know, your operational situation, are you open, how many, like, how many hours are you open? Uh, what what type of patients are you seeing? And by communicating that, you may get new patients. Um, you're going to help your existing patients feel comfortable because they may have, you know, an oral issue that they're dealing with that they need to, you know, have seen. And um, that's so imperative to making sure that they feel comfortable um, that you're taking care of not only uh, your staff, but them as well. Um, I, had a, I had a friend the other day, <laughs> he hasn't heard from his dentist and you know, three or four months, he doesn't even know if they're open. And now he's looking for a, a different dental practice to go to, to, uh, you know, provide his oral needs. And it's so, um, you know, it's so unfortunate, but a lot of these dental practice, they just don't know what to do and they need guidance. Um, some of them are switching to teledentistry or at least offering that so that some of those patients who are not ready to step back into their practice, um, they can at least consult them online and then encourage them and, and kind of show off, you know, what they're you know, going from a precautionary measure standpoint to get them in the practice to treat treat them. So you're exactly right. I love, I love kind of that, those insights that you provided. Um, Switching to marketing. So what would you tell a a dentist to be aware of that might affect their marketing efforts, especially with COVID and reopening and, and, you know, if they're a startup and vice versa? Yeah.
1: Right as I mentioned earlier, not a marketing expert by any means or HR some of the other other things so we always try to tie financial numbers to operate you know operational decision making. I think that's kind of been my goal as we've gone through building out how we approach the dental CPA side of it is numbers are only as good as as much they help you right I mean go so billion numbers on paper, but they don't help you get to a conclusion that betters your day, betters your life, betters your business and right. they're just numbers right um, so I definitely think it varies, right? I, I'll, I'll tell you, and this isn't just a shameless plug because I'm on a marketing podcast. Any startup <laughs> doctor that I've ever worked with who's asked me this question gets the same answer. For startups, they ask me what's the one thing that you think you know startup doctors do that do wrong, and I say they they look at a marketing budget and see it as a cost rather than as an opportunity to grow.
0: Yeah, um,
1: and I think you know that's you got to get the patients there. You can have the best systems and staff in place, but without the patients and and marketing is one of the way you get them there. So, um, so, you know, in, in general, when, um, you know, I think post COVID and pre COVID, I, I think, you know, I've always, it's an ROI focus for me, right? So know what you're spending, where, and and be yeah. able to track what's effective and what's not. And this, this story dates back seven or eight years ago, and it's in a smaller town in North Carolina. And um, this practice owner was spending a decent amount of money on, Whatever it was back then, Facebook or Google or SEO or some some sort of digital um, marketing and nothing, right? I mean, flat, yeah. you know, no results. And kept asking the question, like, "What have you asked? You know, where's the ROI at? Like, have they talked about like what's happening? You know, is it is it this, they're getting calls but they're not converting them or you know, whatever yeah. it might be?" And now "No, you know, we we hadn't really asked about it much." And sort of started asking around, and um, you know, on a whim, one or one of the office men, the office manager or somebody in the office said, well, you know, it's just not how we get business. You know, we need to put an ad in this magazine, right? This local newspaper magazine thing. Right. And, and they did. And the practice got a ton of patients. Wow. I think the the moral of the story wasn't necessarily don't do social media advertising or go do print. It was know your market. Right. And, and don't be afraid to ask like, Hey, we're trying this. What are we doing wrong? I'm not seeing results. Right. Um, so I, I guess, you know, results driven, you know, understand where the money is going to um, be able to track it. how yeah. um, Not only track it to is it, you know, because I think you could probably talk more about this, but sometimes you're getting a lot of new calls, but you're not converting them. And so what, right. you know, that's another thing there that it, it's just, a, it's a data point, right? I think it's another number to help you understand where to focus. Um, we often get asked the question, you know, this is a pretty popular one for me is what's What's the budget for marketing? Right, you know, right. What, what should I spend? Um, and I think it varies, obviously, for size of practice, location, and the type of marketing. You know, when you talk about industry averages, we usually use percentages of practices, and and um, for for practices that are trying to grow at all, right? You know, two percent on the low end. We see practices okay. spending up to six to to eight percent if they're really trying to supercharge their growth. Um, and you know, around four or five percent is a reasonable average that that we're seeing on a monthly basis um so you know that that range is kind of all over the place but that is a very very common question we get i mean i I think it definitely depends on what you're trying to accomplish with your practice growth
0: yeah that's that's really good points there and what's crazy is that when we work with or like let's say we start talking or we're engaging with a new uh dental practice and we look under the hood of their website we'll see that like they, they don't, they're not ranking Google, they're not getting a lot of visibility through social media, and to your point, they've just you know, been paying this money and don't really know what they're paying for. And we see this with a lot of marketing agencies, they're not tracking um, actual patient numbers. Because there's measures that you can put on the back end of a website, there's uh, lead CRMs that you can integrate within their website and through their call tracking, just to be able to show them, hey, here's how we're gonna track calls, um, we're going to update those calls and track the leads based on um, what type of call it was. Just to understand, to your point, you know, ROI and what's your actual patient flow from online marketing. And we just see it's a lot, a lot of the time, they just don't know what they're paying for. Um, but they look at the, they'll look at a report and they see, you know, it shows that their traffic was up, you know, 10%, but it's like, okay, how many patients did you get? <laughs> and, and then like, you know, I think why, Having being niche in the dental space, you've seen certain situations or issues with another dentist that you probably could, uh, you know, apply to another dental practice that's having the same issue. Maybe different because of the area, but what we'll what we'll see is that, um, you know, working with mostly dentists, being a partner with local med, local med is just a online scheduling software. There's not one dentist that we haven't put on this software that's canceled it. It's, it's literally like, especially for millennials, right? They, they, they move in a million different directions. They're, they probably want to book an appointment at night or on the weekend. And if they can see a 24-7 online scheduling app on your website and that app syncs within your uh, patient management system and literally, literally they can just you know, it's, enter their information, show up, and uh, they're ready for that appointment and they can see what's happening on your schedule, that's been a huge conversion lift. Um, but you know, a lot of agencies, if they're not dental specific, they may not even know about local med. So just things like that, as you mentioned, it's really being able to track ROI, being able to track patient numbers, being able to show conversions, and how you can help lift conversions is so critical from a marketing standpoint. Um, I guess I, the last question for you would be: when it comes to um, just helping dentists, regardless of what the solution or issues they're facing, what's one big advice you would give them? During these uncertain times, um, especially.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, a I'll, I'll, I'll shameless plug, it, of course, right? Get a great dental CPA that <laughs> solves solve all your problems. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: you know, uh, it's, it's a, I think you asked that question pre COVID versus po- post COVID. Maybe, maybe we get different, different answers. You know, I think in kind of a traditional business sense, I'd say, I think it probably would equate to both, but know your goals. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, and not just what is my revenue target, right? I mean, that, that's, that's, that is a goal, and that's an important one to know as well, but, you know, right. what, what ends are we working towards, right? Are we seven years from retirement, and you want to build your valuation up? Are you looking to grow locations? Are you, you know, looking to reduce your work life uh, or improve your work life balance, and you want to cut a half day, or right? you realize during COVID, maybe you realize how hard you've been burning it, and you enjoy that the lifestyle that COVID provided while you were out of the office, out of the practice. Um, so I think know your goals and then you build up, you know, build your financial framework around that. Um, again, it's planning and forward looking that, you know, I think are kind of at the heart of your, the the high level, right? What's the one high level thing you can do is know your goals.
0: Right.
1: You know, I think from a perspective of, you know, what's a tangible, you know, best practice, um, you know, I, I, I again, I'm a tax guy at heart, right? So I, I think you know, when tax and numbers, guys. So I'll bring it back to, bring it back to that. Is you know, I, I I think if a practice owner to really grow and understand their practice, to start to learn their financials as much as their 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 stomach allows them, right? Some some practice owners just hate it. They don't want to know. They don't want to look at anything. And uh, we love you for that because you know, you make our lives. You know, you need a CPA, but I. I do find that the practice owners that are willing to sit down and learn a cash flow statement with me and how that equates to taxable income, they really can make better business decisions in real time. So if you think about, I know my goal, now I understand how to, I, I at least understand some of the fundamentals of how to get there. Now, as you're thinking about your practice and, and all the different ways a practice owner manages it from making marketing decisions, to staffing, to benefits, to um, you know, supply management, you know, now they they kind of understand, well, if I do this, here are the, the, the two or three financial implications that might um, take place. And whenever in doubt, right, if you if you kind of know the basics, whenever in doubt, it's easier to pick up the phone and say, hey, something feels off to me, like, what do you think about this,
0: right? Yeah.
1: So I think, you know, those are um, maybe kind of one in the same, you know, kind of know your goals financially, and then understand how to try to reach them. But um, planning, you know, there's a great John Wooden quote, maybe, maybe, you know, but there's, there's something there about planning and practice makes perfection and something along those lines. I'm a big advocate of.
0: That's awesome, man. And I, and I think everything you hit on today was just so um, important and imperative for a lot of these dentists to hear, Um, especially during these uncertain times. Um, A lot of them are more online searching, asking more questions. They, it's like they have, they're able to breathe but not breathe because they're actually, you know, Spending less time at the practice, they're re- just some of them are just reopening. But then, um, you know, they're stressing out because they don't know if they're they're going to have a practice, you know, in a couple couple you know months. So, I think you know them really having a solution and a partner like like you guys at Aprio would be so valuable and beneficial um, to their their long term business uh, goals and success. So, so if let's say a dentist wants to contact you, how can they find you? Uh,
1: yeah, so um, a couple different ways certainly. Um, there's always Google I'll be out there somewhere but um, uh, you know my direct email um, I can try to spell it out here for everyone is uh, Brad B-R-A-D McKeever M-C-K-E-I V as in Victor E-R at aprio.com or you can just go to yourdentalaccountant.com and you'll find our our dental specific landing page there um, or aprio.com and search for me in the people box so Two different ways to find me. Um, I'm, I hide myself on Facebook so you can't find me there, but I am on LinkedIn as well if you want to search for me on LinkedIn. I'm yeah, not, yeah, oh, my wife tells me
0: I need to get on Instagram. I'm, I'm not quite cool enough for that yet, but maybe <laughs> soon. Nice, right, you're, you're going to be making your way to TikTok pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Brad, again, I appreciate, you know, all the valuable insights. Um, if anyone's listening to this and they need a CPA or tax advisor, Brad is your go-to guy. Um, thanks again, Brad. I'm, again, I'm Lamar with MetaRank Interactive, hosting this podcast uh, for digital marketing and healthcare. Uh, thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next one.